From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world, presented by 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston. I'm your host, KG Smooth, and once a month, we get to talk to the gentleman over at 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston, and I am honored to have on the phone line Attorney Donald Naylor, who is the Education Conference um, you are the Education Conference Chair, I guess I yes, should say? Yes, I'm one of the co-chairs. Yes, I am. One Thanks for having us. Man, well, well, thank you all for uh, being on, uh, sponsoring uh, this show, which is uh, becoming quite popular uh, here in Houston and, uh, and around the world since it's a podcast that is aired uh, globally. Uh, from what I understand from last month um, when I had you all on and we were talking about the mentoring program, the mentorship program, that you all had almost like record numbers of people who had uh, registered and showed up, yeah? Yes, yes, yes. And we're excited about that activity and the momentum that's been created from it. So we are excited again, as I say, with this partnership and hope that that will continue. Absolutely. Uh, I hope so, too. So uh, coming up in November, November uh, 18th and 19th, uh, 100 Black Men, you all are having your education conference entitled State of Black Man-Child in Education. Uh, what an interesting title. What what does that mean exactly, State of Black Man-Child in Education? The full title is a framework for schooling um, the state of the black man-child in education. It comes from a famous work uh, about black man child, um, and what we're looking at is um, a, a major quote that people often push around is that education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. So our efforts are geared towards um, preparing African American students, specifically male students, who are in the K through 16, or that's their primary secondary education and higher education uh, pipeline, what can we do to improve their educational outcomes? Not just to have a conference to talk about the issues and the problems, but to actually be a solutions-oriented discussion. Uh, We'll have professionals there um, in the education sphere or just those who are interested about this space on that first day, that Friday. and I can get into more discussion about the details of what we'll, who we'll have there. But on that Saturday, we'll also have a component that will focus on parents. And the overall goal, again, is to look at how to have better educational outcomes specifically for black male students in middle school, high school, college, and even in elementary school. Hmm. Okay. Um, definitely a conversation that needs to be had, um, especially... Um, with these numbers that are um, these numbers that we see, these statistics uh, that we see when it comes to uh, young black boys in elementary, middle school, and high school um, with the lack of preparation, I guess, um, for them to succeed, to go forward. And when I hear about those type of things, Donald, I'm not going to hold you. I mean, I I honestly think that the system as a whole um, has to take responsibility for how it is set up and how these children are educated because this is not a 
one-size-fits-all type of ordeal. I mean, children are different, and yeah. different children learn and comprehend and retain information in different ways. Yes, differently. Exactly. Yeah. So um, the, the I, I hope the system as a whole, like, just looks at itself and looks at the curriculum and correct that. Uh, do you think that would be one of the conversations that would be had? Most definitely. We are securing um, some participants who are chief executives of local school districts. We'll be able to confirm that pretty soon. We'll be able to speak to about, if you want to call it system or structural issues, but not just issues with the system. So we, we understand that there are problems in different aspects of education for all students. And with black male students in particular, there are particular problems and issues that we need to have a conversation about. So again, our goal is not just to outline those again or to regurgitate what we've heard over and over, but to actually, as we have those superintendents come forward, asking parents or providing parents, I should say, with the tools, how do you engage this system that your child is in? How do you make sure that you get the wraparound services that your son may need to help him um, not only survive but thrive in the system? Um, and because throughout whatever educational paradigm your your uh, child is in, whether it be a public school system, private school system, there's always a process for getting to the best resources. And that sometimes um, our parents may not have that information. So our biggest goal and our greatest intention for this is to make sure that parents walk away with a loaded tool belt on what it is that I need to do to arm my son with what he needs to navigate the education system that he finds himself in. Himself in. Mm, very interesting. So um, for this two-day conference, like, uh, what would this look like? Um, you know, so, so what, what should one expect when they go to register to show up and, and, and they're there on Friday, November 18th and Saturday, November 19th? Right. So the conference itself is going to be broken up in to the main audiences, as I said, are K-12 educators and professionals, higher education, education uh, educators and professionals, community partners. That's your community-based organizations, municipal agencies, clergy. And then again, I said parents. And we're breaking the conference up into what we're calling our conference strands. We'll have a, in each strand, there will be a series of discussions led by uh, presenters who are going to talk on different topics that uh, we have uh, curated and collaborated from proposals that they've presented to the 100 so that they can be presented to the audience. Uh, there's going to be a data strand that's going to look just at the hard data. Where are black males, not just in relationship to the larger Anglo-majority population, but where are they in the larger scheme of testing, of uh, social-emotional learning aspect. We're going to be looking at those components, and there's going to be a curriculum, instruction, and student support strand. There's going to be a strand that you talked about. We talked about structure, leadership, and policymaking. What are the policies which have benefited 
black male students, and what are those that, whether either it's by intention or by byproduct, that have not worked so well for our black male students. We're going to have a strand which will discuss health and well-being, and then on that Saturday, again, we'll really have a big focus on parent and community engagement and involvement. Throughout the weekend, we're going to have a series of very dynamic keynote speakers, uh, one being on that Friday, Broderick Johnson, who's the vice president uh, within the Comcast organization. He's going to be one of our morning plenary keynote speakers. Dr. Ruth Lopez-Turley, she's going to be giving a presentation. Uh, one of our own brothers, but who's also been very active in the local education uh, scene, is Pastor Jamel Johnson. Uh, we'll have another noted speaker that some educators here in the community may know by his name. His name is Principal Kefele, and he is a nationally noted uh, speaker in this space. He's not from the Houston area. We're bringing him in specifically to give this talk. And also Dr. Keisha King, uh, who's working with us and who'll be moderating a session of leaders and also giving a talk. So um, that is part of the overall aspect of what we're going to be doing. We put out a call for proposals uh, some months ago to um, treat this you know, as it's going to be a community and org, a community um, organization-based event, but it's also going to be kind of an academic event. Um, again, not to talk about our black boys as a problem or something to be studied, uh, like they're in the abstract, but actually, based on what you have done, what practical uh, application of your research that you've done, what have been the, the methodologies and tools that have given the best results and best outcomes for black student performance, whether it be on um, standardized tests or whether it be just in the discipline structure. As we, you talked earlier about systems and structures, and we talked about not only having our black boys survive in these systems but thrive. So how do you navigate you know, some disciplinary components of the education system, which, it, you know, we have found have been disproportionately adverse to black males. So we're not just having speakers that are going to come and regurgitate the talks about the data, about the problems, but what have what has worked to counter uh, some of those negative stories that we hear so much about. Yeah, that that would be a very interesting uh, conversation to have because I myself uh, would like to know <laughs> what their uh, thoughts and opinions would be, you know, right. on that because just looking around and, and talking to uh, parents who have children in elementary, middle, and high school, um, a lot of them are not happy uh, with the way that their child is being taught what is being taught, how, you know, it, it, it's all about passing a test um, to move on instead of actually um, using situations and, um, and information in education that is going to help further uh, their educational career and use in real life. It was so funny. Right. Donald, I saw... <laughs> I saw a meme on social media uh, that said, 
um, and and I'm paraphrasing it. I can't get the right equation, but it was like you know, um, x to the second power plus five equals two um, equals two divided by whatever ever. I still haven't used in my everyday life, and and I just had to laugh. And I was like, well, they're absolutely right because I mean, growing up, or at least when I was growing up in in uh, middle and high school, going to school, like. That is what they told us. Like, oh, you're going to be using this in your everyday life. This is, and I'm like, you know what? I ain't used no algebra two equation yet. <laughs> well, you might not have used it per se yourself, but you got that phone in your hand. You've got all the technology and the data. Just think about when we were in school. Um, you know, Inspector Gadget and and Penny was probably the first person that we kind of that in our age group. I think yeah. with me you know, would have the portable book phone, if you were you recall what I'm talking about, yeah. um, where she was able to walk around. This, that always fascinated me. It's like, how would you be able to do that? And she would call Inspector Gadget. Well, today, we actually have... The iPad. Uh, yeah, we have the iPad. We have the new, what is it, the new iPhone 14, 15,000, whatever it is. That is actual technology. and That is actual STEM. That is the algebraic question. Uh, equations that you talked about in application and we have to find out how to make um, the educational components that go behind building that accessible to all students but also to black male students who need to go into those areas because those technology jobs will be there there will always be a need for some new innovation and we want to make sure that we're providing solutions for our black male students to be able to attack this uh, as much as they may attack other things. So, you know, um, our, in athletic pursuits and other pursuits, repetition creates um, the environment for success. It doesn't mean if you get out and shoot 10,000 you know, half-court or long-form shots that you're going to be the next the next Steph Curry. But it's more likely than not that you're going to be somewhere in his league if you can do that and successfully uh, land those shots. By the same token, we're trying to come up with what are the strategies to make black male students engaged to where they will attack education and um, self engage with the educational resources that they have to make sure that they come out um, fully educated um, thinkers, mm -hmm. that they will come out seekers of knowledge, understanding. And when we talk about the education spectrum, we also have to look in that age group that I have assigned myself in that middle school age uh, between the ages of 10 to 13, where we tend to lose very bright, young men, not that they're not smart, not that they're not intelligent, but it's where focus starts to move away. Um, and that can be all students, but data and research has shown that we tend to lose some of our best and brightest during that time period for a number of external uh, factors that are going around, whether it be in the home or their community, or just internally. Um, as we talked about the iPhone and things, you may find adults and definitely students with our heads buried in these mobile computers, what do we need to be doing to make sure that our black male students are also 
have a book in hand. When you have such an instant gimme gimme and then you you're able to pull up um whatever cartoon, whatever YouTube, whatever entertainment point on that phone, what is it that we need to be doing to make sure also that our students are engaging with the written word in a book so that the language art skills are increasing, so that their critical thinking skills are increasing, so that their um, verbal vocabulary is expanded? Uh, these are the things that, regardless of the generation that you're in, have always led to um, the the best and ability to adapt to what's coming Next, we don't really have an idea of where all the next hot jobs are going to be in the next 20 to 30 years. We have an idea. You know, there will be energy jobs. There will be some form of technology job. We don't know specifically what those jobs are. They're being actually created now. What we do know is that there are a certain set of um, skills and a certain set of critical thinking, analysis capabilities that that job force is going to have to have so that we are strong as a nation and strong within our communities. So that is one of the long-term goals that we're looking at this and we're trying to spread information to uh, educators and to parents on, again, what are the solutions or what are the practices that can result in best educational outcomes for black male students. And, you know, the question may come, why are you focusing on black male students? Because the reality of the matter is um, students, you know, enter into a school um, with a lot of what they come from. And, every, and black male students are not a monolith. I don't, we, we, we don't believe that. We don't think that think that, but what we do recognize is that there are some common uh, experiences that most black males may experience regardless of social economic background. Um, there are some common interests that they may have or may not have, and so one of the things we'll look at probably one of the uh, sessions is looking at the data about what are those trends that we're seeing amongst black male students um, from across the nation, and specifically here in the Houston, Texas region, um, and how do we cut through uh, our understanding of stereotypes about that population and getting down to real data as to what our young men are actually interested in. You know, the main and primary uh, program of the 100, as you mentioned earlier, is mentoring. We as an organization are going to be participating and registering and uh, engage like all the other attendants because we're very interested to, interested to know how to best serve um, the population that we have, you know, tied ourselves to, other young black men who are coming up under us. And, yes, we have a lot of common experiences that we can share with them, but there are a lot of challenges that they're facing which may be comparable to what we dealt with, but they're totally new. And we want to uh, provide a space where we're also learning and engaging to make sure that we're the best mentors we can be. Indeed. Where can people go to uh, register for uh, the education conference and, uh, and just get more information on it? For more information, 
uh, your public and others can go to 100 Black Men's website. So it's 100blackmenhou.org. Uh, that's all together. 100, the number 100100blackmenhou.org. And in the events tab, you'll come upon the conference 2022 um, section. There you'll be able to register um, and get more information about registering as a professional or to be able to attend both days of the conference, as well as registering as a parent on just for that Saturday. Uh, we are having uh, participants who will be coming from out of state, so there's hotel information. It's going to be held at the higher Regency. We are very thankful for our corporate sponsors, PNC, Gilead, J.P. Morgan Chase, the Friendship Education Foundation, and others who have stepped forward to be able to provide this two-day, which we, what we're hoping and praying for will be a very impactful uh, event that, again, will give all the attendees tools that they can walk away with and utilize uh, going forward. It's definitely going to be an interesting conversation. Again, for more information, log on to 100blackmenhou.org and click on the events tab. Again, that's 100blackmenhou.org for all of the information on the education conference. I have a phone number also if they want one. You can also dial 713-598-6363. Got you. Attorney Donald Naylor, member of 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston and Education Conference co-chair. Man, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. And for those of you listening to the Public Affairs Podcast presented by 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston, we'll be back after this.